0: Good morning and welcome to Sport and Life with Sam Kekovich and Leon Wigan. Uh, Sam, we've got a very, very good guest today.
1: Well, let me tell you, I've never known a, a, a guest, and we've been involved in this business for a long, long time, you and I, Leon. Oh, over 200. But you talk about polarising uh, an audience, and unless you knew this person personally and you read some of the tripe in the uh, tissues, you'd swear blind to talk about two people.
0: Well... Yeah. I'll tell you his background when we get here online very shortly. Uh, We're talking about Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon played 127 games with Fitzroy uh, and went to, uh, of course, coaching career. Two of the Brisbane love bears. Yeah, yeah, a couple up there. Two. But he was injured for a couple of years. So, uh, anyway, let's let's ask him. Ross, welcome along and uh, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for your in-depth research, Leon. You're fantastic. No <laughs>
0: now, Ross, <laughs> Ross um, I'd forgotten that you you missed all well well over a year of footy very early in your career.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, and um, I took a sabbatical in 80, I played the first game in '86. Then at Geelong, where Fitzroy beat Geelong, and I played alongside the champion Bernie Quinlan and I don't know kicked a couple and then uh, yeah but I sort of flicked the balls on the Monday ran about ran around Albert Park Lake and I thought this isn't for me so um yeah like I had an injury a long-term injury and um David Parkin had come to the club and it was they said there's no medical room going to your break and so I went and so I really couldn't shuffle around Albert Park Lake so I thought I'm done and um yeah I went home and um Flick the bales, really. Um, I saw a specialist said you wouldn't play for two years and all that sort of scenario. And then yeah, so then I quit uni um, within two weeks. I was on a bachelor business degree, and um, I went on the Don and Pump petrol at my mate Servo in Sydney Road. There was managing uh, Brunswick, so um, yeah, it was tumultuous at the time. I, I'd say my, my parents weren't thrilled with me, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's what occurred. So yeah, it's all. Um, 12 months off and then, yeah, you know, I promised I'd ring David Park if I wanted to come back and play, so they they made the prelim that year in um, 86 and then I rang in October, saw a specialist and had a groin operation in LA to conjure tendon attached back onto the bone and just started chipping away from there again.
0: Uh, George Coates told me that you were quite a reluctant to come and play league footy because you uh, enjoy what you were doing else, elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I don't know. That was true. I was always in the talent pathways. Like, I played in the Fitzroy scholarship squad under seventeen when I was fourteen. I think I captained it when I was fifteen. Then played under 19 when I was sixteen. And um, Robert Walls and Duck Sir was my under nine. his coach. Was you know he was wonderful. Really, pretty gentle soul and. Wolsey sort of was elevating all the youth and he, you know, so I come through with John Blakey and, you know, he introduced Scotty McIver and I debuted when I was 18 in 85 I remember Vic Park, so I remember the umpires, we still had drinks the Collingwood team afterwards and sandwiches with the umpires at a beer. so that's how far <laughs> I go back but, um, yeah, I remember we won by five points and it was a pretty special day so, um you know, I was always keen, I just ran into a bit of a roadblock and Which I've shared with my players, and I suppose the lesson is, you know, don't problem solve yourself. There's so many resources now you get, you felt you're a bit more on your own then. So I suppose my way was to process it in my head and then, you know, go to your break, which was, I took it pretty literally, and then I just walked out. So, yeah, I I always wanted to play, but um, yeah, it probably cost me a year or two of footy, which I regret. But yeah, at the time, I thought it was the right thing.
1: And yet, ironically enough, uh, I spoke to David Parkin about you. David, no, this is early days. David Park was a huge rep for you. He thought, he said, uh, we're well, a far better side with Russ Line. He was nice and tough and hard at it, which uh, obviously, you know, you'd like to hear that from Parker. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, that's you like, you he was one of the great coaches. Great you know. coach. I, I, you know, I've heard a couple of. I past Fitzroy people have be been negative about him. I just don't understand that he he come in and set standards and turned that team around again. And he was a great coach at Cartland and Hawthorne. So he taught me. I was from the Northern Suburbs. We all had a bit of a chip on our shoulder. But he really, you know, that mindset of be the best that you can possibly be and put everything into something and use no excuse. So he was fantastic for that. And he was such a driven person. So when I look back on it, you know, he's... Help you get rid of the chip on the shoulder and get to work, you know. So yeah, he, he had a big, profound impact, really, as he did on Michael Gale and Matty Armstrong, Alistair Lynch, there. and those boys, you know.
1: What about the, you? You're know, the great paradox in a lot of ways. you were a reluctant footballer, and then what led you to uh, you know? It seems strange that you you would adopt the pathway of coaching and uh, you know leadership.
2: Yeah, I'm the accidental coach, to be honest. I had no desire, but um, Robert Walls was my first senior coach, and then he recruited me to Brisbane. and Then my knee sort of crumbled, but in that period that I was off that year, I just walk in his office. We just talk about footy. I don't know. I talk about sometimes you need to, you need someone to see possibility in you before you see it in yourself. Sometimes, mm-hmm. or your players, and he saw something in me that I didn't really see, and. Um, when I come back to Melbourne, he'd got the job at Richmond and he offered me a part-time role. Uh, I did two years part-time at Richmond, two years full-time. Uh, quick story, he got sacked and I was pretty loyal to him. I was about to flick the bales. I saw him in the car park as he's driving out. And I said, I'm done. And he just said, look, I've had a great career. You've got no really opportunity. Players need you. I'd like you to stay. So I stayed and helped Jeff Geish and for those four or five weeks he got the job and he offered me um, a full-time assistant job which I wasn't going to do but I remember because I was working in recruitment with a deco, and I thought I don't want to be a slave to footy and I thought try and build a career out and then my mum was pretty profound when I said look I'm not going to take the opportunity she said well Ross you can always go back to recruitment why don't you do what you love which is football and that was a really you know um, important bit of advice because i I went. No, you're right. And then from there, I sort of chipped away. I was in the system. You know, when Richmond was great, Carlton, I coached the seconds, and with David Park, and he was fantastic. And then my great mate Paul Ruse invited me up to Sydney to be their midfield coach, and I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time with a great bunch that was so driven, and they created the Bloods culture. It was great as an assistant coach to be in that environment where you could have impact and really sometimes you're just an assistant just moving cones right but there you had real opportunity and fortunately they won a flag playing the grand final and it created an opportunity in St Kilda and um, I come late to the process after they weren't happy and somehow I fluked the job but and then I still stuffed it up at the start you know wasn't leading very well, but I had some, a great mentor. I was nimble enough to learn, and I had great players that stuck by me, really, like Riewoldt and Hayes. So I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, we went close, and then, yeah, so what I asked them to do, I certainly wasn't as a player, so I feel a bit hypocritical, but, you know, we, we try and create good environments and, and lead them well where they can be the best they possibly can be and for themselves and the club. So yeah, I'm the accidental coach, but now if I do a corporate, I say that I'm the impactful coach. So that's an opinion, I suppose.
1: Oh, it's a very uh, Roscoe. Truly, you're very understated. But I want to say one thing to you. I find it very, very strange. Yeah. I tell you what I find strange. With <laughs> uh, the drum, the football drums were bleating loudly. That Ross Lyon was on everyone's radar and very much in demand. And yet. I, I look at it from a wide perspective and I can never for the life of me understand how you could leave on when you're so much in demand and so wanted, you're left in such messy circumstances in a couple of areas. I Where's connect. that? Well, St Kilda, your last departure, you didn't realise you yeah, had a three-month yeah, exit contract. That's well contract. documented, yeah. It's been well documented and. Yet, I, you know, you, I speak to you and you're so laconic and laid back and I know you're comfortable in your own skin and, you you know, you're probably as good a coach <laughs> as there is out there and I say to myself, how can someone be so competent and such a great leader and be so sort of slapdash about certain other issues? I
2: don't think I'll slapdash.
1: Not slapdash, poor, poor choice of uh, words.
2: there's always two truths and two perspectives. There Once are. documented and... In the end, I, th- I thought I couldn't do any more than I'd done and I felt
1: disrespected. Well, ask, can I ask you this? Pardon my intrusion. Why would, yeah. when St Kilda desperately wanted you to stay? You wanted to uh, stay. That's
2: debatable.
1: Well, okay, but okay, you wanted to stay. Really debatable. R- Rossage came over, offered you the the Fremantle job. You offered that, you know, despite the fact they had an incumbent. Yeah,
2: he flew in and I rejected it. I said, I'm coaching yeah. St Kilda. I never thought of coaching in a house, yeah. That's what happened.
1: So how could it have fallen apart? They were happy to be with you. I mean, so Netlify wanted you to... Well, there was an yeah, offer on the table.
2: I, I got okay. a folder of notes, but... And, look, we've all moved on. He's a good person, but we're all good people, but clearly it, it didn't go that well.
1: OK, that didn't go well. I
2: just executed a clause.
1: Yeah, you had a three-month clause, an exit clause, which you weren't yeah, aware of at a, the time.
2: Yeah, look, and it probably links to... You know, I could have reached out... But he was CEO of the club and handling everything. And my understanding was the board was across everything. Probably in hindsight they weren't. And Greg Westaway um, was working closely. So, yeah. I mean, St Kilda's history with coaches hasn't been great. So, <laughs> <laughs> I tell
1: you, I tell you another reason why I like, <laughs>
2: like three young three young kids on the fire.
1: I understand. And, <laughs>
2: And I didn't want any more money. I just wanted the guarantee. So yes, I That couldn't be done. So in the end, and look, I don't really like – look, it doesn't phase me because it's all there. But look, I think the real point is it was significant and it probably changed perceptions. But I would do, in the same circumstance, do exactly the same thing. All right. So could I have reached out to some people to give some visibility to what was really going on? I Can mean, that made some appointments. They brought in like a Chris Belchin he was doing his own thing and you know I think Goddard was at the peak of his power was at 26 and they were trading him out or something like gee whiz so that'd be like you know trading out Scott Pendlebury so um but that was after me so but that was in the so look I think the lesson is I wish it could have been avoided but you know Fremantle um I didn't know anything about him it was a big call i didn't really want to shift my family to perth and leave all my family and friends but it was necessary at that point in time so um my biggest regret with that to be honest is that i i thought they were still a top 14 they had them all there and over the next few years you know we would have been a chance to it's do something well. and, and then being over to exit and protect players who had great careers at the club i you know, like Del Santo and Goddard and those types. So that's probably the regret. But fortunately, from my end anyway and my perspective, I'm really grateful to have an opportunity to come back to St Kilda and try and change the narrative that's wrapped around St Kilda over the last, uh, probably the history, but, you know, post-2011, that's been quite a barren 10 years and, you know, some... Real down, so yeah, we're trying to build out a premiership opportunity. Uh,
0: keeping with uh, Sincil, uh, Rusty, you ran so close to winning it. Uh, what, yeah. what, what, what? Uh, in retrospect, what was missing?
2: Oh, look, you can go into the detail, right? But I think oh9 is just execution in front of goal. The um, a and couple help. of things, maybe. Yeah, I mean that's what. I mean, yeah, you know, what we had. Mill. Lots of entries, lots of shots, right? So we were pretty good. We played a great team as well. It was a great grand final in really difficult conditions. I mean, it's a game in both in in nine and ten we're in front in time on. So we're in front in two grand finals in time on. So I think you're thereabouts, aren't you? You're going okay. Yeah. yeah. And Collingwood were probably the best team in 2010, and we come from 21 points down and hit the lead with a few minutes to go so again we haven't done too much wrong I would have thought um, Fremantle took 17 marks inside 450 you know I think yeah you know, we kicked 210 off turnover 2-8 and William on kicked 7-1 off turnover something like that so at the end of the day it's been a bit of execution in front of goal but he's saying that I need to get better and I need to improve and try and not be at the margin but I mean there's a couple of grand finals decided around the margin Collingwood west coast <laughs> you know what I mean it's like it's a fine line sometimes so um yeah but I've got some great coaches here Enright Harvey Hay so yeah we're trying to just really develop some great players and a great system and team I think the competition is really even so I think there's real opportunity for for all clubs to be honest
0: people right. people talk about culture in football I, I, that's a very unusual yeah. term actually culture but um did you see any definable difference between the way view, they view football in Victoria against the way they view it over in Western Australia?
2: Uh, look, they're very... Um, they're as fanatical, there's no doubt about it. They're very parochial. You wouldn't think the East Coast existed when you're on the West Coast, and it really just centres on West Coast and Fremantle. So you've got all the media outlets... 9, nine, seven, ABC. Um, you got all the radios. You got the print, and they only really fill it with the West Coast and Fremantle. So um, it's saturation of those eighty players. So you got rookie list players getting car deals. <laughs> like so, it's, um, so when you're going well, you're going really well, and there's a lot lot of um, players can get, get get seduced. in a lot of ways and then when it's bad like it's really bad they really go after it you can see already they're they're terminating Longmuir and and Simpsons so yeah it's it's pretty intense so it's just as passionate but I'd never heard of the anyone talk about secession from the rest of Australia anywhere in Australia until I went to Perth I went to a KPMG lunch. I thought about secession
1: from the eastern states. I thought, gee whiz, where am I? KPMG, they, could do, they might need a secession plan very shortly. Yeah.
2: We secede <laughs> yeah. from the rest
1: of the country. To then secede. That's another good word. Yeah. Now, Ross, yeah. tell uh, another thing, and look, this is purely uh, just beat up media. There is a broad perception out there in the marketplace with the average uh, rank and file, the natives. Yeah. Yeah. Ross Lyon Mark One, was uh, had an autocratic, despotic approach and the art of delegation was not his long suit. It was either Ross or the highway. Uh, whether it's fair or unfair, I don't know. Look, I was under the tutelage of a... <laughs> no, I, look, I, I was under Ron Barassi, who was very much that way orientated. He ran the uh, place and uh, it was his way or no way. Now, I'm not suggesting that's right or wrong, but in the contemporary landscape in the contemporary world where you know there's HR and there's Softly Softly it doesn't always gel with the rank and file so have you mellowed a little bit uh, Mark 2 of St Kilda and there's a lot of a lot of work you have to do to uh, to put the uh, the club back on the straight and narrow well
2: I think you're like a good port you You just get a bit better with age so Um, I think Dennis Pagan said you're practicing for the first 10 years so yeah, look, I think as I stuffed it up so early, like in you know, 07 and eight, and then we got hold of it and we pretty dominant. We're, we're, we're too scared to breathe out, so we drove pretty hard. I had some great assistance, had Tony O'Shore and um, Stephen Silvani in particular, and Lee Tudor was great. Um, so I had real belief in them, but the game was a bit different. Like, you had two runners, you could send them non-stop. So you know, we just used them non-stop and. Um, Yeah, I probably – I did a lot, probably overloaded myself a bit. But I've learned – and I learned it at the back end of Frio, really, after we went into the rebuild. 15, you know, you use your coaches, collaborate, delegate, then focus more on getting the players and helping to build out the leadership and the culture. So, yeah, I've certainly – it's the same model of pursuing excellence and growth and all that, but it's probably in a softer – Environment, you know, but oh, I mean, that Saints team 0910, they, they were pretty ruthless themselves. Like, they were very driven. Goddard, Rewild, Baker, they, they were pretty tough. Like, so, um, yeah, I've certainly done it different. Uh, and I think if you can't reflect and think you are going to improve, well, you're an egomaniac, right? So, I'd like to think I'm quite self-effacing and that I reflected, and three years out, and you get a bit older. And look, I got three kids are still young teenagers, and it's... So you, you're trying to adapt, balanced. and it's a softer environment. So we, we're getting the same way. we just a few more gentler levers, right? But I've also got great capability. And, look, I, I was so driven and, you know, long, long days. You can sort of just... Maybe you can get a bit manic without realising it. So... Um, yeah, it's just a bit more balanced approach and collaborative, and, and because I've got the people with great capacity, and and fundamentally we're just trying to bring best in class into the club, and because we, you know, we've got to service the players, um, they're our customers, so we're going to try and keep them happy, and by well, giving them best opportunity to to become great players and a great team. So that, that's the sort of model we're trying to apply. Well, uh, tell so. me, how
1: difficult is it? And yeah, look, uh, look at the how, current... what? how difficult is it from a coach's what, point of view? What's in... No, no. I've, I've finished yeah. my question.
2: Well, everyone talks about culture, right?
1: They... Yeah. What is culture? Culture
2: many people can define it, right? No. You ask them, they go, what's... oh, we've got a great guy. what's culture? They go, oh. But I mean, there's some simple... I mean, basically, it's what you see. It's a common set of behaviours displayed on a daily basis, right? So you should come in, and culture is observable, right? And then, then it's obviously how you handle things when people step away from. So you establish your framework, values, behaviours, clear actions, and but it's all around trying to become a great footy team, right? So, and then you sit within the wider club and it, its values, so. Um,
1: now, Ross, they're wonderful words out of a manual, but can I ask you a simple question? And the one question that, the one thing that will always remain a constant ever since Moses wore number four for Galilee, and that is the <laughs> ability of a club to operate in a compatible manner right across the board. And I'm talking about from board level to coaching to the uh, president yeah, or whatever.
2: Great administration. Great
1: administration. Yes. Yeah. Now, the one constant that's always happened with you is, what? is that there has been a bit of upheaval, that the wrong people have been in the wrong place and they've assumed... Well, I
2: think that's a bit of a rash generalisation. Well, OK, it is. A re- that's Steve what you read. Steve Rossich was... Hang on, hang on. Steve Rossich was my CEO for eight years. Yes.
1: OK, and, so that's and, a good... Hang on, idea.
2: and I had Chris Bond is my football operations manager for yeah.
1: eight
2: years and until he got...
1: I'm not saying you're a, you're no, wrong. And
2: I had Jason Webber. That was my head conditioner for eight yes. years. Yes. And I had a lot of assistants there that were there for eight years. So I think that's a little bit mischievous, Sam.
1: Not from but my perspective. But
2: when you come in, as Lee Matthews said to me, what did he say? you come in and you put a stamp on and you've got to bring your, a lot of your own people and, and methods. And there's not saying the other people are wrong. it's just that you do it a bit differently. So well, um, that's I, what I would say.
1: No, and you're right in saying that. I mentioned a guy called Ron Barassi before, okay, at a different era, different times. But the principles are, replicable, are identical. You get the right yeah. people in the right place that you want that read the, read off the same page. Yeah. And obviously... And even in 07, 08
2: and 09, all I did was coach. I, never, I don't advise on marketing or functions. No, I know you
1: did. I'm talking about 23, 24 job. that we're in now. Aye? I'm talking about 22, 23, 24. Aye.
2: Yeah. So what are you talking about? So yeah, what I'm saying now, the, the, Ross the, two,
1: the Ross Line Mark II, the Ross Line Mark II, has learnt a lot, and the fact that he, yeah. the the general consensus of opinion is you've got rid of some deadwood around St Kilda. There was a lot of there's a lot of overpaid players well, that use the
2: term deadwood. Not wood, okay. Poor,
1: well, I'm a but migrant son. I haven't got a lengthy get... physios that
2: were great people, but
1: yeah. Right. Okay. But. Yeah. There was a lot of players being overpaid. There's a lot of players that were uh, looked after that shouldn't have been looked after. You had a, obviously, uh, your initial t- your initial 12 months, you know, you did a lot of hard work and a lot of, uh, of yeah. faculty. Fac- well, fighting. there's been
2: a lot of change, yeah. There's
1: been a lot of change. And, you know, and that can only be attributed to yourself and your own leadership. You know, well, if yeah, you had, that had that been passive mean, and I allowed...
2: within football, um, David Misson and myself and, and Gabby Allen, yeah, so... Um, yeah, we're just trying to service the players, but we feel like we've built a really great young, young team of conditioners, physios, sports scientists. That will be around, be around for a. We, we're hoping they're a, a, a ten-year period, like a previous team was. So, and then even with the recruiting, Simon Dalrymple comes in. We, we just see is that future-proofing the club a succession plan because I mean SOS has come in to work hard for a few years but we'd like to hand the baton over and we just think Simon Dalrymple's one of the best in his class and and can grow into that role So, and we've got a couple of other young guys so um, everything's about like even at the draft we made some really and trade like there's some good servants and that if I was conservative and they could play senior footy I would you keep them, right? So it'd be easy to really keep Coffield, Gresham and Billings and really, in a sense, the, the injury plagued and we really respect him, McKenzie. But it was like, well, no, nah, we're going to be bold, we're going to make hard decisions and we're going to get some youth in, you know? So we've got some really exciting young kids, Wilson, Garcia, Sean, Maker. Yeah, I read that yesterday. Yeah. Hasty. So, and then that complements Owens and... Windhager, you know, so we got Kamenidi and, you know, so look, it, it wasn't conservative, it was bold, it was strong, but no one played more kids and got more games them and no played finals in the last 15 years than we did last year. So whether people want to acknowledge that or not, it doesn't worry a bit, but we know that's the fact. So we wanted to go hard to compliment that group again and, you know, try and set up a for the club a a premiership challenge so and then that by virtue of that you get the salary cap in order we would have loved to keep Gresham particularly at at a price but it got to a level where um, he would trigger a first round pick for us or late first round so we're not like North we haven't been gifted concessions what they get four picks or two in the you, have it's to, you didn't have to throw that given, in <laughs> right? and they've played in two prelims in would so it's hard to figure it out and you can get angry or you can go well you copy your medicine and we lose a 20 plus goal in Gresham it would be great for Essendon but it allows us to get sort of Wilson or you know Lance Collard in so we feel we've made strong hard decisions and we collaborated that's been with Enright and Harvey and Hayes, everyone going this is, all our coaches are all in with Damien Carroll and um, the way we're going so and the board understand the strategy right so for you know the previous strategy left us a bit bare for, for youth I think we took two picks inside 40 and in, or in the first round or something in five years so we've gone right we need to get the work here, otherwise we're going to have a big hole so look we've been bold we've been aggressive in everything we've done but fundamentally we feel that the player environment for the players is really really safe and they can grow and they can improve and, and we challenge them the right way so and I think there was evidence on the field last year so look at the end of the day, as Malcolm and boy said, why would you go into a business where you've got 5.5% chance of being successful? You wouldn't do it. But you've got 18 teams trying to win one cup. So the percentage chance of being successful is slim, right? So it's a hard business. It's a it's a marginal, hard business.
0: You're but, on um, Sport and that's Life. That's a
2: challenge we're up for.
0: You're on Sport and Life, and our, uh, our guest is Ross Lyon. Ross, um, you had time off after Fremantle and before you went back to St Kilda. Now, yeah. uh, at, at at some stage, you must have either regretted, uh, you know, that there wasn't an ongoing coaching role, well maybe, or you're looking forward to a change in your whole lifestyle. So, yeah. h- how'd you handle yeah. that little uh, gap?
2: Yeah, yeah, look, well, it was a transition. Obviously, I got cooked with a year to go, so I'm gonna add a bit of buffer to sort myself out. Um, and I loved my time at Fremantle. It was like eight years. Like, pretty special people like McFarlane and Pavlich and Fife, and, you know, and we went well we played five, five finals in a row of four and prelim and a grand final so um, look I didn't think I'd coach again and initially when it's finished I was probably relieved I thought that's it time for a new chapter the media Eddie Maguire and Callum Wilson reached out through nine and you know, I never knew what to expect, but Footy Classified was a wonderful experience. You did um, well there,
1: You're, you did it very yeah. well. You're good at it.
2: Yeah, no, I struggled early, but they helped shape me up. And oh, look, I, I think saw you had a dynamic. How smart they were, and I really sort of it was great insight, and I learned a lot, and they taught me a lot. Um, and I loved the Sunday rub, <laughs> you know, it was a bit of like a Flox barbecue on a Sunday, but we no, couldn't we take it too far. No. But to work with the dark and Montagna, and it was fantastic, and Jay Clark, I, I mean, I just loved it, right? Yeah. So, and that was a bit of fun, light really. And then I worked at a property investment, was, was a property group, so just a commercial property investment house really so um, so I learned a lot there and I was moving on and yeah I wasn't sure Look, a couple of little nibbles but um, I actually thought no I'm done but St Kilda you know when Andrew Bassett and then Simon on the back of Andrew come along and we applied a lot of rigour to the conversation it was just like I thought I could help them for where they were they were really supportive I thought I've reflected. And I need to do it better. And I think if you can't reflect, well, what are you, right? So I reflected, and I worked hard to deliver on my word. Let the coaches build out a game plan, collaborate, give them space, but keep them accountable, and and help the players. So uh, it was an exciting year. But to your point, Leon, I never thought reload really, coach again. I was really happy for the change. Um, and last year was really difficult, just trying to. Like crank it all up from zero it again and you know pick up where the game was and it, was, it didn't come without challenge but at the end they just got to put your head over the ball and won't run the an away card. Everyone wants to complicate the game a bit. Like some of the fundamentals haven't changed. I know that.
1: Yeah, I told you about uh, Moses and Galilee. Uh, I couldn't
2: agree more. And the game, if anything, has gone back a bit. Going back a bit towards it. Yeah, but
1: tell um, me something because I know you're a deep. You're a very profound person, not only are you a profound thinker, but you're a very deep person, very considerate and compassionate, despite that very harsh veneer on the outside that, <laughs> that puts fear in the bodies of uh, mere men. I want to ask you one personal question, if I may be so bold. You are like
2: being Two well, of your appointments. Crossing the realm you might want to
1: go into, Sam. Yeah. Two, two of your appointments, Ross, were under very, very mitigating circumstances. Two. You know, well, the termination to... of Brett Ratton, first and foremost, virtually. Uh... What's that got to do with me? No, I know, I know, I know. It had nothing yeah, to I do guess with I'll you. Let, you finish the question. let me Go finish ahead. the question. And also, uh, Mark Harvey, the way he was uh, expunged from uh, his role virtually overnight, same as Ratton. And all of a sudden, you were thrust in the predicament. Now, it had nothing to do with you, because you're the best Correct. candidate and you're far <sighs> removed from it. But Look, deep if, down, if, I know if, you if would have given it. Hang give on, a, I haven't so finished it yet. Yeah. I know deep down, being the thoughtful, considerate guy, yeah. you would have you would have felt a bit of compassion for those counterparts. And did you feel a bit uneasy walking to the chair, knowing that uh, the events had transpired prior to your appointment?
2: Look, if St Kilda could get Chris Scott tomorrow, they should appoint him. Oh,
1: please! Don't.
2: What? That's no, that, well, that's that's true, not an answer. Bro. That's shocking. So, so, look, at the end of the day... What's Chris got? I what would that know. point Chris yeah, got no, over I you? Really empathy, but I didn't want to be hypocritical. I think Ratten was different. So, I mean, I knew Mark <laughs> was going to be sacked if I said yes, right? But So that was hard. But at the end of the day, they would argue they had their own relationship with him and position. So, that's not... I mean, in the real world, people get sacked every day. In oh, of course. I mean, and players are getting sacked, <laughs> and dropped and and people are moving and and it's interesting coaches get sacked all the time so um, yeah no I did right but I didn't want to be hypocritical I I mean they're both champion players and and great football people so radio um,
1: okay can I I go one more
2: yeah no there's always empathy if you've got no empathy well you're a psychopath right so I mean we all have our moments but I'm not sure I sit in that category so yeah and the Brett one it was hard, but each club had their own reasons. And it's like anything, like, yeah, you know, as you said, the rank and file and, and the media, they, they just put what they can together and then form a view. It doesn't make it accurate. And there's always more deeper and profound and stark reasons why these decisions are made. So um, they're not for me to judge, but. Um, that, that, the frailties and vagaries. By, by overseas standards, we're gentle what we do. Like overseas, is quite brutal. So, um, yeah, there's certainly no joy. It was tough, and yeah. I've always coached with expectation. So it certainly doesn't make it easy any easier when you walk in, and it made it really quite difficult in Fremantle media-wise and all that. So it just puts a target on your back, but. You know, I didn't hear need nigga stand yeah, up and walk through the fire and say, here I am and back yourself That's in, okay. So, Mate. Um, I know Andrew Bassett was devastated with, um, and still is in a lot of ways with Brett because he's such a good person and didn't really want to do it, to be honest. So, um, but it's great to see him back and in good position. Mm. You know, and everyone will always, well, depending on what side of the line you're on, have a view on a position. So, look, I can only take care of myself. And, That's it.
1: They, the frailties and vagaries of human life are always at your doorstep in this yeah. business because you've got to need a strong hide. And let I'll me tell you what you. I
2: have learned when one door shuts another one opens, you're paddling your own canoe. I haven't seen too many handouts come your way, Sam. Have you
1: come my way? No, no, not mine. you got, no. got to paddle your own canoe in this. you got to paddle your own canoe. And let me tell you, sometimes you've got to swim upstream. Yeah, you know, ties are always behind you. How many in? more
0: cliches, <laughs> cliches have we got
1: here? Now, yeah, Roscoe, <laughs> Roscoe, just a quick one. Ross, Lion, Mark, II at St Kilda. I know they love you, the, the loyal throng out there. <laughs> Do you still Can't feel the love when you walk out? i mean to say, yeah you know, they they'd walk they'd walk over broken glass for you. I know over there. I was speaking to a lot of St Kilda, particularly that uh, that Rat Pack that they've got over there following you manically every I'm week. A
2: brain's trust, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they've come a long way from when they had no facility they you know all credit ahead. to the people who gone before me um Robert Harvey spoke to us and he he, he knows St Kilda's um, history really well. And he, he just spoke to some of our players coming in and he's seen a lot go wrong and a lot go. But a lot of people have made a lot of sacrifices. There's been some mistakes, but basically we've inched forward. And I don't think the club's been in any better position with the facility, um, with its supporters, with its commercial team. And
1: its leadership but with it's, you
2: at the helm. Well, yeah, well, hopefully. But, yeah, the connection with the community... We we feel like we're we're in the national competition and we but we're just got to keep fighting and improving so and ultimately we're judged on premierships so AFLW as well that so but we've got to try and capitalise and, and create an opportunity and um, I suppose that's ultimately we all get judged on.
1: Tell me, uh, do you speak to the networks regularly about panning to the box when uh, you're slightly in arrears <laughs> at quarter time and? there's a bad transgression during the course of a game when you <laughs> slam that and you turn that monstrous face of yours into a... <laughs> I
2: said, don't scare the kids. Man. Don't like, scare the kids but Christ's cuddly, Ross. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, I'm not nowhere near as animated. Oh. But that's the whole thing with the media, isn't it? <laughs> like, with it's a press conference, this interview, live... I mean, how many people work with two full-on cameras, like, one foot from their face I remember we covered it up at Fremantle once and they cut a hole through the side or something so, um, sometimes you forget where you are but well, I've seen the oh. they handle themselves pretty well a lot of those I'm not sure about myself but I think the others do a sterling job
1: tell me what does your wife say on occasions I meant to say she's front and square of it all she's got to bear the brunt of it all she sees the best and the worst of you does she uh, she's got a calming word and a calming influence on you
2: well, I've, I've never really gone into that path and discussed anything uh, publicly since. I'd like to keep it like oh, that. I, I think like that, okay. uh, you put something... yourself into social media and your family and you discuss yeah, it all, I think you right. right. free range. So it's, I tend to, you've, uh, I tend that personal. to just not yeah. go there. Uh, Lovely
1: yeah. work. Uh, look, uh, something else you'd like to know. We do have a mutual friend who uh, assists us in uh, this podcast. Life member at St Kilda. Life member at St Kilda, and also. Who that be, Sam? Uh, Jerry Ryan. Have you heard of Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> we are
2: currently in the Jerry Ryan High Performance Centre. Oh, I know you a, are. It's a performance <laughs> centre, depending on a daily basis whether it's been high.
1: But what you don't know, what you don't know, yeah. I know you know everything with Jerry, and Jerry and you are like, you know, uh, <laughs> so you're so- solidified at the hip. But each week we, do, we uh, on behalf of Mitchelton Winery, which is one of Jerry's diversification programs, uh, uh, present two bottles of his finest, regardless of uh, whatever it is. I
2: just say Penfolds, did you? Uh, well, Mitchell, oh, Mitchell, Mitchelton. No, uh, i been up there. I had a delightful um, weekend up there. The combination being. and the food and the wine's outstanding. It is. So that, what I'm telling Saturday, you, I'd like to get up there this week if I could, are you gonna give me a
1: voucher? Well <laughs> we're going next week. We're going next week the uh, we have our Van Sank Lamb Day. It's a great day, Wednesday. What, what do you do get, got up there? Your
2: Van Sang.
1: we have Van Sank Day, yeah, which is the uh, Sam's Lamb Day. I put on a lamb barbecue for the Van Sank every year in February. It's on next Wednesday. How
2: many do you get up
1: there? About four about fifty. All the members, plus you.
2: Well, uh, for, well, I'll I'll go to the CEO or acting company. You haven't got a CEO. You got off. rid of him. Last time I went, we yeah. took a helicopter up. Do you reckon you could arrange that? Probably yeah, I'll, I'll I quickly. can <laughs> promise
1: you one. I can, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell
2: you. <laughs> can you get the Fox helicopter for us? I yeah. can get you two, two choppers H- if you want them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, right. well, it's been like great. Now, I've got to go edit training. Right. Edit training. Oh, I think we've had four, a couple of injuries, so, said, so we'll see.
1: You just said you've got four assistants who are really... Really uh, thrilled about who have got the yeah, capacity and the competence to run the event. You got to delegate.
2: You're right. I think I'm up there. Ah, um, I love your have work. Slow cooked leg of lamb. R- R- Ross, thanks oh, for shoulder. Actually, I prefer a shoulder, Sam. <laughs> Whatever you Eight want, hours, you shall get, Roscoe. Please. <laughs>
0: Thanks for joining us on Sport and Life, it's Ross a Lyon.
2: Baker Blue Bread from Caulfield, Hawthorne Road. Enjoy, ba- lads. Baker ba- Thank Blue. Bye. Thanks, Rossi.
0: You're super a superstar. So, Ross Lyon joining us on Sport and Life. Uh, there you go. Hey, you saw a soft side of Ross, didn't we? Yeah, it was, uh, I bet you everyone liked to grab a bit of copy of that. Yeah, there's a good word for that. Is it inter- into something? Uh, introspective. Introspective, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And very, very good, yeah. Very good. And And thankfully, you didn't get out the fibby hotel every week that Leon will get you a couple of bottles of wine.
1: i tell you for why. Because he follows up on everything. (laughs) And I'd be terrified (laughs) in the event that you couldn't produce, it'd come back and bite me on the backside.
0: No, he may know where I live. (laughs) That'd be a worry. All right, that's Sport and Life for this week, folks. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week.